The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is The Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And joining us this week from Star Wars Reactions, I have David and Aaron on the comlinks with us. How's everyone doing? Doing well. Thank you for having us. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's our pleasure. With, with the way David was talking before show, I think we should feel violated, guys. He went back and listened <laughs> to show one. <laughs> I thought you said you deleted all copies of that no one could find it anymore that was show three. Oh, oh, yeah yeah it's one thing you always got to watch out for david always does his homework <laughs> someone has to surely not us well i will say before we get into the meat of things uh check out the website wikiradio.net um on the right hand side of the page biddyboomers.com go to them use the code we geeks for 15 percent off uh your purchase of any bluetooth speaker they have if you buy one, four, buy one now, buy three, three weeks from now, five for Christmas. Each time you do that, use the code WeBeGeeks to save yourself 15%. Uh, also, too, check out our web store where we got Wookiee Radio merch and, of course, Mighty Marvel Geeks and WeBeGeeks merch as well. Um, so, yeah, business side of things done. And then I'm just going to say, Zoe and I went to Hollywood Studios uh, on Monday. We did Toy Main. Toy Story Mania we pretty much walked in they said it was a 15 minute wait we pretty much walked in um, then we went after that because Slinky Dog was a 40 minute wait we went over into Batu, Galaxy's Edge um, did uh, Smuggler's Run Zoe's first time it was two of us in the cockpit by ourselves it was awesome <laughs> say, how does that run when there's only two of you controlling and the other four stations are empty uh, engineers <laughs> you gotta be a real 
really good pilot because you're going to get damaged no matter what. Yeah. But the weapons go into auto mode. Okay. So you don't have to worry about the weapons. It automatically does it for you. Hey, Han and Chewie do it all the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but I've seen the condition the Falcon's in when they're done. Uh, <laughs> it was about the same way. When we walked out, we saw I don't, uh, Aaron, David, I don't know if you've yeah. been on it, but you know when you come out of the cockpit, you got the wall panels. Yep. These were, I mean, because of the damage we sustained, you could see, see it going zit, zit, zit. Like there's sparks or stuff behind the panels and lights flickering. Like, okay, yep. it's cool. Because we didn't get that during cast previews. And we never wrote it when we took my took Zoe um, around her birthday last year. So experienced it this time. I'm like, okay, this is cool. There's some damage to the ship. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike's the only guy in the world that um, like brags about damaging the Millennium Falcon. Hey, it's my ship. See, what? See, my, my thought is, who was Han? Who was Chewie? I was Han. I was in the left seat. She was in the right seat. So she was Chewie. Because I wanted her to experience throwing us into hyperspace. Hyperspace. Yep. I mean, I, the world's smallest Wookiee. For, for <laughs> the first time, I the only time prior to that, or now I can say the first time now, um, first time my wife and I did it, we were gunners, which I actually like that seat a lot because um, it's you're almost in the middle of that gimbal. Um, mm-hmm. The pilot could throw you around a little bit. Engineer tosses you around quite a bit. Um, but the first time I piloted, I, I was in the right seat, the Chewy seat, because I wanted to go hyperspace. I wanted yep. to pull that. And of course, reach up, grab the handle just like they do in the movie, you know, wrap the fingers around you know, very slowly and pull pull it back. Yep. Um, so my daughter did the same thing. Um, well, she didn't wrap her fingers around. She just reached up, grab, pull, grab, pull. <laughs> uh, the two times that she did it. But she pulled it. We went to hyperspace and I just hear, awesome. Like, that's <laughs> that's why you're there. She'd rather be in, my, in the left seat next time because for her, the whole up is down, down is up concept, yeah. she wasn't grasped. And, and that's a lot of people have that issue. Um, that's because yeah. they've never played video games. Or yeah, flight or yeah. flight sims. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. See, so the first time David and I went on it was during a friend of ours took us to for him and his wife work for the mouse and took both of us for a cast member there plus one for cast member previews. And the first time we rode it, we were both pilots. Oh, so, oh it was oh it was amazing. <laughs> to be to be there, even though the controls are not completely moving. I mean they're close. Obviously yeah. they had to change some things up for the interaction. Yeah. But still, to be in the rest of the cockpit looks almost oh, it's stunning. Perfect. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's stunning to be sitting in there. It's it's an ex, it's a very moving experience. Yes, yes, it is. I just wish the chair swiveled. Yeah. Yeah. So for you know to I, get in and get out. You know what I ended up liking? You know when when Aaron and I did that, we were able to go as you know, Mike, with the cast preview. There were so much, so many less people in there. Yeah. And so we were able to go through several times. And so I've been pilot right and left. And just like you said, Mike, you don't have as much control. Clearly, the Falcon or that simulator ride is on a for lack of a better term, maybe a track, you know, it's, it's, you a, can only it's, do... a, it's a gimbal like Star Tours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, like when you're on the right or left pilot, you can only go up so much, down so much, left and right. right so much. And then ultimately, I think Aaron and I, we've done the other seats. I know I've been the gunner as well as engineer. Ultimately, I have liked to not be the pilot and be in the very back as the engineer and just repair stuff. Because I've heard a lot of feedback from people saying, you know, if you're in there, like if it was all of us, you know, Star Wars geeks, you know, and 
podcasters, we're going to be yelling and screaming and whooping it up. But a lot of people have flown in and there may be the pilots up front, a husband and wife or two friends, but the other people are not. And and I know some people have felt some real pressure to perform better piloting wise. And then it becomes less enjoyable. Right. But in the gunner or in the far back, there's none of that. Plus, I love being in the far back and just really getting a, a really clear view of the screen and all of the graphics that are out there in front of you. Yeah, I just heard the engineer seat, you get jostled around a lot mm-hmm. in that seat, though. I, I didn't feel as much of the, the, the motion sicknesses up front. No, it's not the motion sickness. It's more the you're, you're oh. tossed around more in the seat. Okay. Well, see, it just gives you incentive to make sure everything's running right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so um, before we go any further... It is time for Smuggler's Feud. All right, who just played? I have a bad feeling. <laughs> is that you, Derek? Maybe. You need to crank that up a little bit more because I barely heard it. <laughs> and here I thought we were going to forget about it. You cannot escape your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Smuggler's Feud is based on the Star Wars Family Feud card game. does exist. They do exist. Um, the uh, rules, pretty much, we're going to go back and forth in rounds. Not like normal Family Feud where, for you know, you get three strikes, the other team gets a chance to steal and go back and forth. Um, first to three strikes loses unless... It's a situation where both teams or both podcasts get three strikes in the same round, and whoever got the highest ranking answer wins for the tiebreak. So, um, so Aaron or David pick a number between one and three. Go ahead, David. Okay, uh, two. Is that from the left or from the right? Uh, from, the left. from the right. It's the same card anyway. <laughs> All righty. From behind. Eight, eight answers on the board. If Han Solo wasn't paying attention to where he was driving, what might he fly into? Oh, boy. If Han he, he pays attention when he's flying? <laughs> Apparently, that's what they think. Once again, I, once again, I've seen what condition the Falcon's in. <laughs> if Han Solo wasn't paying attention to where he was driving, should be where he was flying, what might he fly into? So, Star Wars Reactions gets to go first. An asteroid. Number one answer. Oh, there goes the easy one. That's why I like going first. (laughs) Wookiee Radio, you're up. Why don't we go with a planet? Number six. Back to Star Wars reaction. I I was going to say right into a Star Destroyer. Number two answer. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Back to Wookiee Radio. Okay, Derek, your turn. Oh, boy. Um... Uh, a star? Star Sun in really? at number four. Nice. Oh, nice. So that is four down, four to go. I don't see a sweep in this, though. Looking at these answers, there's not going to be a sweep in this card. <laughs> Aaron, do you, I don't, do you want to go? Let's go, let's go with one of those space slugs. Ooh. Hey! Space worm, space worm slash slash slug number eight, and there are no strikes anywhere on the board. Nice. There are give us a minute. One, two, <laughs> yeah. three answers left. Lucky radio. How about a moon? Mm, good one. Mm. 
First strike. Told you so. Back to Star Wars reactions. While, um, you, while you guys are thinking, I gotta say, I forgot to say when we were at the park, I actually got to build my droid as a birthday present from the family and my mom. So I made an R5 unit. Its name is R50LD. Nickname is Oldie. <laughs> nice. I threw my age, I had to put my age in there since I was doing mm-hmm. an R5. Mm-hmm. So Aaron said space slug. That was good. Number eight. So there's only three left. Three left. I guess I'm thinking if he's not paying attention he would let's see did Wait. someone we did a planet um One. Some other vehicle besides a Star Destroyer, like, uh, I don't know, a whole squadron of TIE fighters. I'll take that ship. Ooh. Ooh. Good job, David. Good job, David. Okay, Derek. So we've said asteroid, Star Destroyer, Star or Sun, ship, space worm, slash slug. Uh, I'll go with the... Three. Yeah, three left now. Uh... Space junk. Back to Star Wars reactions. All right. I'm going to go with that's not a moon. It's a space station. The Death Star. Ooh. Sure about that. I'm sure. That's my final answer. <laughs> number oh. number five. <laughs> two an- two answers left. No, oh, thought there was one left. But, um, I'm trying to think what he rattles off. Actually, he rattles off um, Supernova when he's talking about flying through hyperspace. Yep. What do you think, Derek? Think that might be there? That would be Star Sun. Would it count with that? Okay. Yeah. The black hole probably would also. Yeah. Uh, hmm. This is when it gets tough. Maybe a satellite or something? <laughs> Star Wars reactions went. Number three, Meteor. Uh, that's an asteroid. Same thing. I didn't write the card. Technically, <laughs> technically, technically they are is. different things. Well, yeah, yeah. but number six, Jeep. planet. Someone said planet. I thought. I was gonna say. I thought we said planet. Did we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you guys okay. say planet? Yeah. I thought we. I thought David said planet. Okay. Then I guess one answer left, and it was meteor. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Star Wars reactions. How you guys met up. Well, Star Wars Reactions uh, really birthed out of uh, uh, some previous a previous show we did. Uh, we used to be uh, a part of the Coffee with Kenobi podcast network group, and we all the shows were getting so independent of one each other. We had kind of all went our own ways, and at that point, we were simply just covering Resistance. Uh, we did Rebels before, then Resistance, and when Resistance ended, that's when Star Wars Reactions was birthed because we just wanted to keep talking star wars so that's how it uh, reactions was birthed but david and i go back to back to when i was hosting rebels reactions uh actually even before that when i was covering star wars weekends for coffee with kenobi that's where david and i met and uh we just it was just happened a, a chance meeting at the park and we hit it off and we've been friends gosh for for ever since so it's been what now six years now since that since that meeting and we've just uh we've hit it off we've hung out we just he came on when i got took over rebel rebels reactions he came on several times and then he just 
we got along so well, it just kind of flourished into him joining me, and we've been pretty much running ever since. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, one thing I would just say is, is like you were saying earlier, Mike, um, and I mentioned it to you guys, I think, before we were recording, just how you guys play off each other. And I, I think for Aaron and I, it just worked. And I, I think, like a lot of us Star Wars guys, I mean, I, I just love talking the wars with Aaron. And uh, and I think, like anything, if, if nobody listens, I, you know, I still want to talk about Star Wars with Aaron. So um, to get on and talk with him is... It's it's great. It's it's great therapy, and um, and uh, you know, if people listen, all the better, you know. Um, but it's been incredibly fun, and uh, and so hopefully we can keep it going and and uh, and keep enjoying it. Very cool. So, um, so basically, at this point in time, you guys are almost like any other Star Wars podcast. You talk about a little bit of everything, but put your own spin mm-hmm. on it. Pretty much, yeah. We pretty much the floors, the gambit. I mean, we we talk about everything. Yeah, you know, Star Wars related and we usually cover the way we usually we do the show we cover all the news that's come out since the last time we did the show and then we uh usually have a topic that we discuss for that uh particular show no matter and it, it could be anything from a book to uh what we did a, we did a two episodes just on remembering star wars weekends i mean so everything is up for grabs when when we we do our show so but we we cover everything, and that's why we we transitioned from resistance reactions to Star Wars reactions because we wanted to have that open spectrum of uh, being able to discuss anything right. in in the world of Star Wars. Very cool. Well, discussing anything, what's one of the um, out there things that you never thought you'd actually be talking about on a Star Wars show? Huh. That you've covered all these different topics that are out that. What's a surprise for you guys that you've surprised yourselves about? David, do you? Hmm. I was just processing that a little bit. Um, I I think. Um, you know, Star Wars reactions was I, I look back on it and that was a um, that wasn't as easy to cover as, say, like Rebels or like Resistance or, yeah, or Resistance. And to 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 cover that Rebels was easier. And, and even doing the Clone Wars here, um, the episodes were so great. So there was times where we just struggled. I, I, I'll speak for myself, struggled with some of that stuff and just looking and trying to come up with something uh, that was good from that particular episode. And uh, it, it struggled at times. It finished strong, but I know there's uh, some of those kinds of things. I, you know, Mike was mentioning what's the little spin that you do. Like uh, I'm a clinical psychologist, so sometimes what I'll do is is bring that into the podcast. And so uh, one time uh, a while back, I brought in the issue of Asperger's and autism and uh, discussed that issue. I wasn't really sure I'd be covering that per se, but uh, um, that's one thing that you know you can bring in at any time on some of these. Uh, uh, episodes. So I'll always try to, you know, not always, but sometimes bring a little bit of a psychological spin. So um, okay. anything you can think of, Aaron, that was that really caught us off guard or surprised us? Well, I, I think a lot of our surprises were back when we were doing resistance, covering resistance. And because there were, it, it was such one, it was a show that did not get a lot of great press. <laughs> a lot of people did not like it and yeah. definitely respect that. And there are stuff that there was stuff in there that, you know, uh, like David said, when we were covering it, we were like, you know, let's just pick out something good out of it and talk about it. Um, but there was the the episodes were actually very in depth and they very complex and covered stuff that 
this especially resistance being completely geared toward children that you wouldn't expect in a kid's show. So I remember, I remember sitting there when we were discussing children of Tehar oh. and we spent, we, we spent the whole time because we were talking about the genocide of their people. And we're, we're talking, we're talking about a kid's show and we're talking genocide. And I was like, I can't believe this is what I'm talking about right. reviewing a kid's show. But uh, it's, that's probably the biggest thing that, that surprised me that we were ended up having to discuss. And uh, I'm glad David was there for that discussion. <laughs> so you, you were bringing up uh, the Aspergers? Yes, Asperger's syndrome, yeah. Uh, um, which character would you have uh, diagnosed that to? Um, we were talking about uh, Niku. Um, okay. Remember Niku and, and, and yeah. some of his aunt stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, he would just, you know, uh, part of, well, the diagnostic criteria has changed over the years for autism and where is Asperger's syndrome and so on and so forth. Now we just call it the spectrum. But uh, Asperger's is also called high-functioning autism. With Nico, you see this really smart um, character, but he would miss all these social cues that Kaz and the other characters um, would pick up on. And so that brought up, uh, you know, um, that particular subject. Uh, again, something I didn't necessarily think I would talk about in a kid's show, but Niku was, he would definitely fall on the spectrum. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, would you ever maybe diagnose Anakin slash uh, Vader with mm. a form of autism? I thought you were going to go with multi-personality disorder. <laughs> oh, that, that's almost a given, too. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting you say that in terms of does he not pick up on the things that Obi-Wan is trying to convey to him? I'm, I'm Particularly, Mike, you got me thinking about episode two, when they're on that shuttle and Padme falls off, and he's just not picking up on the importance of getting Dooku. And he's able to finally get through to Anakin when he says, well, what would Padme do? And you can see Anakin struggling cognitively and then he ultimately says what she would do her duty right. and uh, so I guess to a certain extent um, yeah I'd think more uh, multiple personality or, or even just a personality disorder um, okay. any social any any social personality disorder uh, it used to be called um, um, psychopathy or sociopathy like a sociopath psychopath as he moves into those kind of behaviors Wait. Would uh, like ADD, adult ADD, possibly fit in that as well? Well, um, since he always gets sidetracked and has to be reined back in. Right. There's inattentive symptoms and there's hyperactive symptoms, right? Nine symptoms of inattention, nine symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity. I think you make a good point in terms of the in, some of the inattentive symptoms. The impulsivity is clearly seen in, in episodes two and three. Um, Maybe we need a medication back in in the galaxy uh, far, far away a long time ago. We needed <laughs> Adderall, Concerta, Meditate, something, Focalin. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, now it's interesting you bring that up, Mike. It seems like a whole lot of uh, uh, different uh, diagnoses could fall there onto Anakin and Vader. Okay. Yeah. I see a topic for a future show, David. <laughs> hey, I, I try. I, I, I know. Psychology in the galaxy far, far away. I know. <laughs> I've been diagnosed with ADD and 
I also suffer from depression. So that's why, you know, I kind of saw some of that, I, or at least I thought. So but with you being a clinical mm. psychiatrist, it'd be like, okay, let's yeah. put it well, out well, there. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's so difficult, right, is um, they're, they're so incredibly common. You know, depression is incredibly common. Anxiety is. And, um, and unfortunately, you know, um, ADD and ADHD is as well. They're both, uh, both of those ADD and ADHD are so not nice. Um, they're so not nice. Um, I've always said they're, they're, they're the antithesis of school and work. You right. know, it just makes all that difficult because everything the, the four of us here, the five of us here are asked to do is to focus and not be impulsive, right? That's what we ask adults to do. So, you know, wow, this has this been kind of cool coming on the show, Aaron. This is hey, technology here. Bring a little we bit of everything. guys on our show. And Mike, okay. Mike did like that. we said to you before, we just do a conversation. We see where it goes. I love, yeah. It. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, Derek or Ken, what question up? <laughs> where do you think this started from? It was my question. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I threw another question in there. Don't want to. Yeah. So how how do you guys decide what to talk about each, each show? Do you have like something planned out or? Well, we we have literally a list of topics that we just every time we come up with one, we pretty much add it to the list and we'll pick sure, a topic sure. and and go from there. Sometimes there something will come up and we'll just be like, you know what, let's do this instead, <laughs> and uh. It it's we're we're pretty fluid with that. But uh, we, we usually try to come up with pick something from a list and try to prepare as much as possible for uh, like I know our next two shows are we're going to be looking at the uh, Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian features. Uh, the awesome Asian shows. Shows. They were great. They were phenomenal. Yeah. There's so much in there to talk about. So we're going to split it up and cover the first four episodes and one and one show and then the second last four in the, the next show. And uh it's so we got and we're going to just going to go see out what we can pull from there and I mean, we will when we review a show. I mean, we flat out say we'll, we may not cover everything about the show, but we cover a lot of the meat and potatoes. And sometimes we do miss stuff. We're human, but we we like uh, we we cover and talk about everything that jumps out at us and that really imp- impresses us when we we do reviews like that. Huh? Yeah, you could uh, you could do an entire show on just um, what was it episode two or three when Dave Filoni talks for like ten minutes at the end of it. It just yeah. breaks down Star Wars. You can do an oh. entire show on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That that's that will probably be ninety percent of our first show over the first four episodes. But because that was that literally after after I watched that, I text David. I'm like, I think I just had a religious experience. I will <laughs> never watch these episodes. I'll never watch the prequels the same again mm-hmm. <laughs> after after hearing well, that that speech that yeah. that speech he's the one guy other than george lucas that really knows that much about it because he was taught by george how to do this how to tell star wars stories not just how to tell stories exactly because <laughs> it's a totally different animal to tell a star wars story oh exactly yeah. so in since we're in the disney era what has been um your favorite project that has come out be it film 
streaming book. Rebels. Oh yeah. Rebels, hands down. Rebels. Yeah, Aaron Rebels is... changed Rebels changed yeah. my life. <laughs> I mean, it was I, I I watched the Clone Wars, but I came in late on the Clone Wars, so I didn't have the attachment. But there was just something about Rebels that drew me in and still has me hooked to this day. That's to me, that's the greatest thing that has come out of the the Disney takeover was Star Wars Rebels. Okay. I think for me, uh, you know, I and in particular for Aaron, you know, just ask him about Chopper and he'll talk for <laughs> hours. Um, that's his, his that's his guy. I, I, I think for me, it's it, and it's grown and grown and grown and grown. It's it's Rogue One. Um, just really enjoying that. Um, uh, there's some problems with it, but overall, just really enjoying it. I, you know, something that, you know, I, I heard you guys talking about on some previous episodes. It was fun to hear you guys talk about the sequel trilogy and stuff like that. Um, and I, I really look back on it and I, it's, it's easy to be Monday morning quarterback. I, I, I get that. But one of the things I asked Aaron maybe uh, a couple months ago, now that all three of those, you know, sequel movies are out was I asked Aaron, you know, and I, I guess turn the tables, right. Uh, and ask you guys, you know, should they have done those three movies or not? Now, Aaron said, look, Dave, you know, they bought it. They're going to make movies. Um, but what is incredibly clear is they didn't have an overarching plan from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi to The Rise of Skywalker. And you guys intimated at that, you know, in your last uh, Wookiee Radio episode and stuff like that with The Last Jedi and so forth. So so those, you know, I enjoy those, right? But I, I think Rogue One is the one that I've enjoyed a lot. Han Solo, too, or Solo. Solo, I really enjoyed that as well. But uh, mm. I think I have to put a little plug in, too, for, like Mike was asking in any medium is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. And um, that's I'm gonna jump on this for just a second because um, you mentioned how Solo, how awesome it is. Like I think watching because Rogue One, we've talked about this some before. Rogue One is a story we had a general concept of what that is. I think Solo almost feels to me, out of all the movies, feels like the one that expanded the universe a, li- a lot more than some of the other ones did. Like mm-hmm. the Force Awakens and the other ones, you could tell that that was a jo- that was kind of a mess. I mean, they got to the end, but they had no, like you said, they had no idea where they're going till they got there. Yeah, Solo. There's so many threads that come off of that that we're waiting to see because Rogue One. The only threads at the end of that is picked up right in a New Hope. Yeah. At the end of Solo, it is such a broad galaxy of where you can go with what little bit have been right. dropped in yeah. there that you have years of storytelling built off of this one movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, after I watched Solo for the first time, I, I was sitting there and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I, I even told my friend, I, I went and saw it with my friend Robbie and I told him, and I even, I, I probably told you too, David, that that Solo was the, the Star Wars movie I didn't know I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because... I was, when I when I walked into the theater, I was like, okay, solo. Yeah, it's not it's not Harrison. But yeah. then I sat down and I started watching it. And by the time it was all over, I'm like, my mind was blown. And I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe they just made this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and as I, David will attest to this since he's heard plenty of our episodes, um, <laughs> I have always said, um, Alden, Aaron, he, he makes you think he's Harrison without realizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- with knowing he's not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. gets the... He gets all the major, iconic Han Solo, Harrison Ford quirks and and quirks is probably the best way to put it. But he mm. gets all the other stuff, like an eyebrow raise mm-hmm. or or smirk with the with the lips or something that or a twitch of the shoulder that is very Harrison that he threw in there. Um 
to make you feel okay it, it's not his house his rules he's playing by someone else's rules and that's Harrison's mm-hmm. rules for the character and, and he's picking up he picked up it's almost like he did a character study of Harrison mm-hmm. uh, to go to go that extra distance that you know the one guy who everyone was hoping would be cast because he looked more like Harrison would get he he did a perfect you know that guy did a perfect Han Solo impersonation but he mm-hmm. wasn't he didn't have the essence yeah. of Harrison that, yeah. that, yeah. He, that Alden well I mean one thing that made I think made Alden so successful in the role of Han Solo was he wasn't trying to be Harrison he was trying to be Han. Right. And I think that's what set him apart that some of the the Harrison impersonators that were everybody was lobbying for the role. They were impersonating Harrison as Han. But Alden, Alden, really, he stepped in. He took the character of Han Solo and then he made it his own. Right. He became Han Solo. I mean, I can, it's, it's, he's very much became Han Solo and it wasn't him trying to be Harrison. And I think that's what made Solo successful. Just like uh, uh, Glover did too. He wasn't trying to be Billy D. Williams. Uh, yeah. He was being Lando and he right. nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first scene we get with him as Lando, when they're walking into that, that uh, tavern where he's playing Sabacc, and you, all you hear is the talking. It was a, I could have swore it was Billy D. Yeah, he he got the he, the inflections the same way. Exactly, especially, exactly. Especially when throwing the trademark. Well, hello, what do we have here? Exactly. I'd like to know, um, because when I know Alden Ehrenreich actually had at least a lunch with Harrison Ford before they actually started filming and stuff. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, because I've never heard an interview on what exactly what advice did Harrison give him on playing Han Solo? Right. You know what what was he told? What was the one thing that Harrison said that in order to play his character you have to do this? You know, let, yeah. he said, let, he said, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> now going going back to to what you had said about, I agree with what you what you guys had said about this, the sequel trilogy. As far as should it have been made, I think I think it's good that it was made. However, it definitely needed more total direction, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's, it definitely needed everybody to be working together to kind of keep everything on track. Right. Um, yeah, they needed an outline at least. When yeah. they started, they should have known where they were ending. Exactly. And, and I think that was a big failure on the story group's part because they didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. They, they didn't have that preset plan. I, th- I think their goal, their initial thought was, okay, we got JJ in and JJ's going to run it for us through the end. Well, then JJ's like, well, I'm not doing episode eight yeah so then you should have all their papers went up in the air and it was scrambled hard and yeah yeah i mean part of that is growing pains because they you gotta think star wars had never been made by anybody who think but one man before even all the ancillary stuff that george lucas didn't direct didn't full-on direct everything but he still had his hand in it he still was the storyteller oh absolutely he was involved in the storytelling This was, was the first time of the, a company trying to make what George Lucas had done for all these years. Correct. Yeah. So, but you see, what we can see, the nice thing is, we can actually see if you look from, what was it, 2012 when Disney bought them, mm-hmm. to where we're finally at now after getting Mandalorian and these other side movies with Rogue One and stuff, we can see the progression of, oh, they're finally starting to figure this out. Right. Yeah. Now, let, let me pose this question. Uh, we know a little bit about Lucas's um, treatment that he wrote up 
and some say it may have been in a rush before um, stepping away from Lucasfilm and selling to Disney. And he was going to take the midichlorians to the to a next level deeper with the wills, <laughs> which got referenced first in um, Rogue One and then later in a few other books. And I think he even referenced in one of the movies outside of Rogue well, One. Well, actually, it goes, it goes all the way back to George Lucas originally. The original novelization of Star Wars yeah, had yeah, the wills in it. Yeah. 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 Um, but hearing what had been done for the treatments and what we have seen actually come out in the movies, would you have rather have seen Lucas's treatments come to life or happy with what we got? That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Um, we, we can always sit here and look back and what if and what if this, what if that, what if they had done this different? Um, it, it's always going to be, we, we can always look back. Uh, David said earlier, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um Yeah, overall, as much as they were discombobulated, I still enjoyed the movies. Um, right. They were still very enjoyable. Um, they, they they have their flaws. I mean, and I, and I made this statement in one of our shows where I can I can go back to the prequels and I can go back to the original trilogy and tell you stuff I don't like about every single movie they made. Mm, sure. And I can do that with these three as well. That doesn't change the fact that they're still good movies. Um, as for George's treatment, what I I would love to have seen it. Um, I, I think it would have been quite an adventure because I mean, George knows George knows Star Wars. There's nobody right. on Earth that knows Star Wars better than George Lucas. I mean, he's the creator. He's he's everything to Star Wars. Um, so yes, naturally, I would love to have seen him continue to make those movies. Absolutely. Um, but you know, I'm not, I enjoyed the movies we did get. Um, there were just definitely ways to improve them. The interesting thing is you, you talk about how George Lucas knows everything Star Wars, but, um, if you actually listen to interviews and stuff, it's weird. He knows everything conceptually mm-hmm. that should be Star Wars, the house tells Star Wars stories, but it's weird. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of like the facts and figures he doesn't have any clue on. Yeah, so a, it's amazing when you see that because so much stuff has been made that um like he's still every once in a while you hear him call, talk about laser swords and things like that instead of lightsabers it's it's just interesting to hear what he puts value in the knowing and what um you know what i mean and what the fans all we can quote star wars back and forth in and out everything about it he knows the grand concepts and how to tell the stories but it's like the little details that have been added in he's like well he knows what he need, wants to, what he needs to know <laughs> it's just cool watching the difference yes true true Got it. yeah back to Rogue One, I've always said that's the video game we never got. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, so much fun. And um, I was watching uh, Return of the Jedi over the weekend. I think it was Sunday. Caught it briefly. And they talked about, you know, getting the plans for the Death Star 2 and that many Bothans died getting this. I'm like, mm. I want that movie now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. What was I funny mean, is if, when Rogue One came two, out. <laughs> well, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, because we got that story with Rogue One. Now let's see and let's see the just how many Bothans died. What are Bothans? Because we've really never seen Bothans. Uh, let, let's see the spy net, network that supposedly at its height by Return of the Jedi. 
the funny thing is, if you actually look at what is in canon right now, we don't even know if it, they had a full spy network. All It just mentions many Bothans died doing this. It could have just been right. one team of Bothans that did this. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the Bothans may have nothing to do with it. They know yeah. what? It's another one of those, like, like Boba Fett. Boba Fett gets a whole, what, 15 minutes total between two movies and, like, yeah. four lines of dialogue. Yep. And he's the greatest bounty hunter who ever lived because of this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, lo- it's awesome seeing the legends that Star Wars has that have grown out of just people seeing these movies so many times that these are the greatest thing that's ever happened is like they're not on screen for that well I think uh, now sorry go ahead I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here that some people may may not agree with but I think after watching after seeing the Mandalorians and the Clone Wars and and Rebels and watching the Mandalorian TV show I think I kind of I think I've kind of uh, lost some interest in Boba Fett mm. I don't think I don't think I find him as cool as I used to okay I, I, I understand I understand that I actually do um, Boba Fett has lost some of his mystery I, I think one of the greatest appeals about Boba Fett from the original trilogy was what exactly what you said. He had 15 minutes of screen time, four lines, and he was the greatest bounty hunter ever to walk the galaxy. And then we get right. the prequels. We find out he's a clone of Jango Fett, an unaltered clone of Jango Fett. We see him in the Clone Wars going on a on a revenge to try on uh, try to get revenge on Mace Windu because he killed Jango. And so we we see him as this literally revenge bent spoiled brat kid running around with bounty hunters trying to get revenge. So I, I think that the, that caused him to lose some of his mystery. Who is he? Mm. What, where did he come from? What makes him the greatest right. bounty? He's the greatest bounty hunter ever. But why is he the greatest bounty hunter ever? <laughs> what could he have done to be the greatest bounty hunter ever? He tried to hunt down a Jedi and he's a clone. And he's to, to, that, to me, that puts him no different than he's, he's really no different than Rex or Cody. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. He's a clone. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that kind of loses, kind of the, some of the mystery at that point. Yeah, and I've heard all these speculative rumors. Oh, he's that that kid that you see is really not the real Boba Fett. When he, somebody else killed him and took the mantle, and it's somebody else now. Okay, whatever. It you gave me a backstory. Mm-hmm. It was it was okay, but it did not excite me like right. the fifteen minutes of screen time in the first three movies. First right. or the last. One. So, well, right. Also, go with that. If and you, you had no idea who he was, exactly. Well, to go with that, the other side of that is now with all of the information we have of who the Mandalorians are, how they function, and everything else, it gets exactly. more and more obvious that Boba Fett was not a Mandalorian. No, he does not right. follow any of the tenets of the Mandalorian. Even Death Watch had more tenets and honors than honor and type stuff than what Boba Fett follows. Boba Fett, Boba Fett is a straight Boba up Fett. mercenary. Where? <laughs> <laughs> he was a straight up mercenary, worked for whoever he wanted, didn't have any kind of honor or anything else. Like I said, even Death Watch, the uh, most evil of the evil of the Mandalorians, had more to that what they're doing than what he does. He was a straight right. up just work for whoever would pay. He didn't care. Right. He was a bounty hunter. Sure. True. Very true. Very true. You know, Boba Fett, the whole, you can, that that argument goes around so much, whether he's a true Mandalorian or not. And it goes back to, and of course, George Lucas and Dave Filoni just kind of threw fuel on the fire with the Clone Wars by having the Prime Minister there, or Almec from Mandalorian, like, Jango Fett, he's not even a real Mandalorian. He just stole the armor. Okay. So it's like, well, no, he was lying because he's a bad guy. Well, no, he's telling the truth. So it goes back 
and forth the whole time. It's like, yeah. uh, it's just, again, it's going to be one of those things that will be wrestled with, fans will wrestle with so for if, years you know, to come. If Django's not a true Mandalorian, then are the clones true Mandalorians then? Since they, th- said they were. No, it was alluded to that they were. a true Mandalorian? Well, if they're no. saying Django was not a Mandalorian, but they're then saying, no, but, they state, the, but they state, but they state that the clones, clones can't be. But they state that the clones are Mandalorian. When did they the say film. that? I thought they said it in one of the films. No. Because they said, because uh, when they're talking about Django in episode two, they're just talking about a bounty hunter. Yeah, right. They hired a bounty hunter and they took his DNA. They never, they never mentioned Mandalorians. Nope. Everybody assumes they are because they know that they're clones of um, Boba Fett's father. Yeah, it's one of those things that you um you remember later, even though you never actually heard it. Yeah, exactly. David would know all about these things. <laughs> I know it's, it's clear as mud at this point. Who, yeah. who's even, you know, who's a Mandalorian or not? No, I was thinking as you guys were talking, I was in my mind thinking, well, what you know, just like Derek said, you know, as as we've learned more and more, it's like it's it's really taking away the mystery. Maybe the thing I love the most about Boba Fett, as I think about it, is being at Star Wars weekends in 2015, walking up with my son and my daughter and shaking hands with Jeremy Bullock and what an incredibly nice guy yes. and at that time you know I've heard you know just recently that he's you know stopped you know doing any tours here over to Orlando down to where you know Mike is and stuff and, and well, the just any, any tours he's pretty much retired from the convention circuit period I mean even well, if they did another celebration in Europe he's not he's not doing it right I just so he says yeah yeah but just after shaking hands with him he was so nice Nice. And said he has ten grandchildren, and uh, hmm. just uh, just a sweet, sweet guy. So that's one of the best memories I have. And he signed my Boba Fett uh, picture, and so that was pretty cool. Yeah. See, that's not Boba Fett. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good call, Derek. Well, if he doesn't survive, well, he's worth a lot to me. Look at yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, um, looking at breaking down like what people have built up as Boba Fett, and then what actually you see on screen and stuff. Um, something we've not touched on in a while is um the Luke Skywalker, especially when you get to like um oh um the episode eight um drawing a blank Last Jedi, Last Jedi, and uh, people flipping out about how so far off of Luke Skywalker's character this actually is. But if you and uh, um I brought it up back then when we were talking about it, but if you look at the actual original trilogy movies, you only see about two weeks of his life at the most. Of actually on screen, but when he's uh, when he's in episode four, he's uh, wanting to. Um, he doesn't want to go do these things, and uh, he's living in the past. He's very whiny. If you look in um, episode three or episode or uh, Empire, he's doing the same thing still. Mm-hmm. And um, if he gets scared or whatever, he runs away. That's his first instinct. He wants right. to help his friends, but he still has to run. Return of the Jedi, he gets a little bit better, but he's still the, he's grown there. But then if you look at what happened with the Jedi temple and i think i've always made the argument that when you get to the last jedi he, it's very much um what we've seen from luke in the past yes he went and hid Agreed. when something goes wrong yes well something went wrong with the temple he went and hid on his own he went into hiding and um from his point of view that's what happened with obi-wan because right. the all the stories he had was when um was that he had lost vader vader turned to the dark side and he went into hiding mm-hmm. 
And well, Yoda, too. That's what Yoda did. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So why wouldn't he have done the same thing? Everybody's expecting exactly. him right. to be Luke Skywalker of the books, for, of the Legends books. Mm -hmm. Right. Which really, the Legends had a long time and a lot of uh, pages to, to expand where he's going. Mm -hmm. Right. And exactly. The Last Jedi, they had to take what they had on screen is all there was of canon mm -hmm. and then build from that. And that's and my argument has always been that's what we got on screen. We got the Luke Skywalker from the movies. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. He's had 30 years to grow, but he's, he still does the. And, we all still do the same mistakes we did as kids. We've learned to see them more. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We've learned to see yep. them, and we can react from them differently. But it's still you're still the same person, and he's done the exact same thing. I don't know what you're talking. And not about. only that, but. <laughs> <laughs> not only that but he watched his nephew go over the dark side mm -hmm. and and he blames himself for it so exactly yeah no you're, you're you're dead on with that you know i i looking at now especially now that the the movies are done sitting back and looking at it i don't have an issue with how they portrayed luke in those movies because you're exactly right what we saw in the movies is what they continued through the sequels um, and Luke had the, the learning he had from the Jedi. He, he had Obi-Wan. He had Yoda. What happened? They lost Darth. They lost Anakin to the dark side. What'd they do? They ran away and hid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's from his point of view. Yes. And that's, yes. Now, the prequels show that that's not exactly what happened. That's not the way it worked. No. But, but from the outside looking in, and if yes. you don't have, if you don't know exactly what happened at when the mm -hmm. um, twins were born, you're seeing it as that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's that. It may not be what Obi Wan did because he went to watch over Luke. There was no reason for Yoda just to go to Dagobah and hide. I mean, he literally ran right. away. So yeah. that's the these are the these are his Jedi role models at that point. So mm -hmm. yeah, it makes perfect sense. Your confidence is built up after Return of the Jedi. You go forward. <laughs> you continue fighting the Empire. You get some students. You start your Jedi Academy. Holy snot! My nephew just became Kylo Ren. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes it makes sense and, based on on the movies that came before it. Oh no, I couldn't kill him. Now son run away. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he became Kyle Ren and he destroyed everything that Luke had built up. Exactly, just like Vader did with everything that the Jedi had built. Now, twist on a question that we've asked uh, last couple guests that we've had, um, and it was recommended to me by our our Patreon our, our Patreon John uh, to change it up that way we can all participate and not just you guys. <laughs> uh, last week, last few weeks has been favorite droid and droid type. This time. And go. Let let's see. Favorite Star Wars ship. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's that, it's not land based. Like name either na name or, or style. Typing. Either or. Mm. Mm -mm. So let's start with Aaron. He's suffering the most. <laughs> well, I got excited for a minute because you were like favorite droid. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. Um, <laughs> I was oh, going to say my my favorite droid covered that already. is my new one. Yeah, Oldie. Of course. <laughs> Oldie's Oldie. my favorite droid. And it's and not even canon. <laughs> not even canon. See, there you go. Oh, I just, uh, there's someone on Facebook who makes custom personality chips, and one of them's Chopper. Really? I, I am seriously thinking about getting an old make sound. I'm going to have to get that. <laughs> I'll have to get that when I get my droid. Um, I, I want to, so I can make them sound like that grumpy old man. Favorite ship or ship style? Um, 
I have always been, you know, been partial to the X-Wing. Okay. Um, I, I love the X-Wing fighter. Sure. It's I'm a I'm, I'm an original trilogy guy. Those are my favorite movies. I will watch those once a week, and it, I just love the X-Wing. Um, I will say though, coming in at a very, very, very close second is the Ghost. Okay. Um, from Rebels, nice. uh, that was just a spectacular ship, and uh, it, it's depending on what day of the week you catch me on, those two could flip flop. Uh, but, but definitely, uh, I'll, I'll t- for for tonight, it'd be the X Wing than the Ghost. Okay, uh, David. Wow. No, I, the thing I was saying, what would I like to fly the most? And it's, it's you know, it's, it's Luke and the X Wing. But I gotta come up with something. I, like I can't, I gotta do something. I, you know what I'd love to to do. Now that I think about it, and look at this, look at this. I'm going to stay with my Rogue One theme. Not a Corellian Corvette, but one of the Hammerheads. Remember how they ran yeah. out of the And the best thing is that Hammerhead Corvette still survives. There's no yeah. damage yep. to it. That's oh, what was awesome. It just, yep. so just boom. And so it would be really cool. And you, you see the little jets when it fires and it pushes right against that Star Destroyer and just starts crushing the front of it. Um I'd be in my my uh, hammerhead Corvette right next to Aaron and you guys. So yeah. there you go. Perfect, Ken. Uh, X wings usually for all starfighters, but I'm really interested. I just finished up Shadowfall, the second um, Alphabet yes. Squadron book, and um, the book. Um, I'm not going to leave get any secrets, but the ship um, at the very end, you you're introduced kind of to a sh- to a new ship with that has a cloaking device. And at some point, you Ooh. if you read the book, you'll understand, but you get very little description of it. Yes. And it's gonna it'll end up factoring in more books down the line. I'm very interested in this ship and what's going on with it. Sounds like you need to. A book review on Wookie Radio. So, yeah, well, I'm um, about halfway through that book too. So, yeah, too. you're introduced through. to a new ship that you get very little description of, but you can tell that it's going to be important later. Yeah. That's going to be. I, I'm very interested in that, but also on capital ships. Another one that is just it's pretty, and it um is the um, Moncala Star Cruisers. Yeah, like when Admiral Radis was flying. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's okay, just it sounds like you're Mon doing Calis a book review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a I see a book review coming on to. Uh, Onto the I site. got all kinds of other stuff I'm supposed to be doing too. <laughs> Tell me about it. I still got three books to, to get reviewed. I got two of them mm. coming up this week. Uh, what about you, Derek? Well, uh, I believe I have stated this before. Of course, my, my favorite ship is always has always been the X-wing as well. Um, and uh, I will go. I will say the original trilogy of the X-wing I prefer over the sequel trilogy X-wings just because of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And other than that, I always, I have always kind of had a thing for the uh, the super star, star destroyer because yes. it's, it's just, it's just so yeah. unbelievably massive and, and mm-hmm. insane. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. I think they keep talking about how it takes like almost ten thousand people to crew a regular star destroyer. How many does it take mm-hmm. for that thing? Oh. Yeah, you gotta have more than uh, like over an entire planet's worth of imperials these are imperial soldiers running this thing yep, yep. how many right. millions of people does it take to run that ship the, the, the only disappointing thing about it is we never really got to fully see what they can do yeah no yeah. well for for me it's the fault so and going to cast reviews at galaxy's edge and seeing it there i mean <laughs> there's a picture on on the face i don't know if it's on wiki radio or my personal facebook page but we came we came up the shop 
or what came through the through the mercantile mm-hmm. went down the one set of stairs before uh, Ronto Roosters. Mm-hmm. Came around because we thought that's where Savvy's was initially. Not looking at a map, it's like okay, I think we're going this way, and ended up at um, Savvy's instead of Docks. Like now, Docks is up the the thing. Like all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, what did we do first? That was different. We, when we came in, we went down towards the garage and then up those stairs first, not realizing we came up the stairs because we were heading towards Ogas because we had reservations for Ogas yep. first. And as we're coming up the stairs, my wife was walking. We were walking side by side. As soon as we started to see over the top of the stairs and I saw the Falcon, I just slowed down. And my wife went ahead and just happened to turn back and catch me pointing. And I'm just going, it's real. It's real. The ship is real. It's right there. And it's, for me, yeah, I've seen X-Wings in person. Of course, they've got the sequel trilogy X-Wing. The A-Wings are pretty much the same from... Uh, Rebels to Rogue One through the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. Um, I don't even know for sure. I have to go back and look uh, to see if A-Wings existed during the Clone Wars. They may have at the tail end. But, I mean, the the Falcon, though, is, you know, you never, you you see at, at conventions, oh, here here's the table and part of the ship. Here yeah. Here's, oh, you can sit in the cockpit. But you never get to see the entire ship. Yeah, and then to go in and see the one you know in your queue area for the ride, you you see the entire um you 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 literally see how it's created from the movie. Now where Han would have sat and said, "Oh, that's just a hokey religion," and the little corners and like, okay, this is I see how everything's laid out. Um, it's to see the Falcon to be there, even just talking about now. That's that has always been the ship. That was the one toy I never got for my figures, but I had all the diecast. Yeah. And when they came out with the Millennium Falcon carry case as an adult, I never got it, even though I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but I do have a Lego Falcon, so not the Ultimate Collector series, but I do have a Lego mm-hmm. Falcon. And then I had the little Michael fighters but um since we're coming close to the end of the show how about uh we turn the tables have the tables turned on us and you guys get a chance to ask us a question that maybe <laughs> listeners would probably ask or other podcasters want to ask david i got one go right ahead i listened to the last episode and they they threw it on charles um he came up with a good one i've got one i was wondering from each of you who is who is the like a star wars actor that you've met that it was just beyond cool and and have you have you got have you gotten to meet some star wars actors over the years you're talking in person or on the show? Yeah, yeah, like in person, like any kind of signings or convention. Okay. So, so show guests don't come. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, Derek, why don't you? Talk? Um, well, uh, I haven't really met too many Star Wars actors in person, but the one that I met that I'm glad I met, uh, and he was really cool, uh, um, was Peter Mayhew. Yeah, yeah, Peter was cool. Peter's cool. He was very nice. Yeah, he was, he was a really good guy. His handler, not Angie, but his handler near the end was coming. That's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ken? 
I've really not, uh, other than um, I have a friend who actually has become a Star Wars actor. But, um, oh, yeah. Seriously. Other than that, I've really not met anybody that was on there before I met them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my friend Molly, we actually had her on the show here, was at one of the Jawas in The Mandalorian. She was oh, one of the cool. stunt Jawas. Nice. Nice. So, other than that, I've not um, really met anybody from, at any conventions or anything. Uh, for me, it's probably Mike Quinn, who oh, has okay. also ended up being a, a good acquaintance, because um, when I met him, uh, I knew he was with the Muppets at one time. Uh, we met him at Celebration Celebration 6, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I introduced my wife and daughter to him, um, I, I looked at them and said, I know him most for being a Star Wars actor, but Melissa, you may know him most for being a Muppeteer. I want to introduce you to Mike Quinn. He worked with Jim Henson, and and that put a connection there with my wife. And, uh, you know, we talked about um, Fraggle Rock and the Muppets and whatnot. So when we got the Fraggle Rock DVDs, I said, I said yeah, Zoe's in absolutely lo- love with the show. And, you know, we're raising her right. She loves the Muppets, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And you know, there's been a good bond there with that. So mm-hmm. I, I always enjoy talking to Mike. So at Celebration 2017, we got our pic- we got a family picture with him. Um, but it was also one of those it's like i know he was a little heartbroken because he saw us it's like hey guys I know he says that to everyone, but also know too that he and Jerry wanted to talk a little bit. And with the way they ran Celebration yeah. in twenty seventeen, I think yeah. that was one of the biggest complaints of the guests is what uh, of the actors is they couldn't talk to the fans. Okay. It was a okay, here's a cattle call, up and out, up and out. Yep. So Aaron, you got a question for us? No, but I wanted to answer this question. Oh <laughs> the the I, I got I got a lot of stories I can tell, but probably Probably the most unique one is cel- the last celebration they had in Orlando. I was just out walking the floor, the the, the show floor, looking at stuff, and I had my I was I walking and I turned and looked at something. When I turned back around, I was walking the floor with Daniel Logan, and yeah. we we literally just about I looked at him and he looked at me. I'm like, holy crap, you're Daniel Logan. And he's like, yeah. And so we started talking as we walked the floor and we were pointing stuff out to each other as we walked the convention floor. And then he just like, all right, I got to go this way. I'm like, all right, have a great day. And he just took off the one direction. And I just stood there going, did that just really happen? (laughs) So that that was probably the most unique uh, meeting I did with somebody. So, well, David, you got to answer your own question now. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think, I think, well, it was fun to meet all the, the, the voice actors from rebels. I think, I think, meeting um well actually you know i've told this on um on our show uh getting well didn't get a, a, a lot of time to talk to the person but uh, it was 2011 george lucas was going to be there bob Iger. we're coming in the front of hollywood studios and um and I look up on the stage, I see Jad up there, he's doing interviews, and I see Anthony Daniels. And, um, you know, I, I remember seeing him. I was eight years old when the when, when the original Star Wars came out. And um, my son is walking in front of me, and he would have been about seven years old at the time, almost eight, the age I was. And Anthony Daniels strikes up a conversation with my son. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? This is like <laughs> blowing my mind. And again, I've heard the stuff of where he's nice and where he's not nice, but he was incredibly nice to my son. And then he stopped talking to my son. He looked at me and uh, and I'm like, it's really nice to meet you. And he goes, well, it's really nice to meet you. And I was just flabbergasted. I mean, just being able to see him and and talk with him.
and this guy that I'd watched since I was eight years old. And uh, yeah. that was really cool. That was really fun. And uh, of course, later that day, they opened up the new Star Tours and George Lucas and Iger were up on stage with Anthony and Daniel Logan and Ashley Eckstein and Jat. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Side note, Mike, you'd mentioned uh, uh, 2017, that celebration. I was there with Aaron. We got our picture. We did a group photo with Felicity Jones and Alan Tudyk. And it was exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. We were in there. We didn't even shake hands. This is pre-COVID. You know, three yeah. years ago, they, they said, no shaking hands, come in, turn, and, and took the picture out in probably four seconds. Yeah. So Yeah. They were following yeah. everyone through. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, where can people find you guys online? All right. Well, our website is StarWarsReactions.com. Uh, we are, of course, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Star Wars Reactions. Uh, Twitter, uh, SW Reactions Pod. And Instagram is just SW Reactions. Um, we, we are always there uh, looking uh, for, for the show. And that's usually the best. All the new shows we put out, you'll find there. And even our past shows you'll find there. So that's the best place to to find the show. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. It was a blast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Oh, it's our pleasure. And on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right. Cut the chatter. 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 Jet. I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. We are now a part of the tribe.